The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Here we go, a Wednesday edition of WTMJ Nights. Glad you're with us. Big show planned. Hopefully you want to get involved. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank Talk to Text Line. We are going to be visited by a familiar voice after 8 o'clock, so you will uh, want to be here for that. Got a lot to get to. Uh, if you uh, call in, you'll be talking to Matt. He is producing the big broadcast tonight, so be nice to him. You'll get to me. And uh, if you want to start out texting, let's do our text question of the night. Why not? It's the uh, text question of the night. Here it is. July is almost over. What do you still hope to accomplish this summer? The old National Bank talk text line, 855-616-1620. Text question of the night, July is almost over. What do you still hope to accomplish this summer? Matt, have you uh, any plans that you still need to accomplish this summer? I do have one plan that I hope gets accomplished. It's a little bit tough, but I've made a point to go to New York to see my college friends at some point before the summer's out, whether that's middle of August, start of September. Uh, the Cubs play the Mets in a couple weeks, so my goal okay. is to try and get out there for that. But flights right now, not the cheapest. Baseball no. tickets, given the state of the New York Mets, very cheap. So you never <laughs> know. Some equilibrium right now. Why don't you drive? Do a little road trip action. I've done that drive many times. I would do it again, but when you think about it, the fact that I'd have to cross the Verrazano Bridge, I'd have to then cross back into Manhattan. With New yes. York tolls, I might as well fly. It's probably a 50-cent difference at that point. <laughs> That's what people don't understand, and you bring up a very good point. If you go to New York, those bridges to all the different boroughs cost a lot of money. It was the fir the first when my daughter lived there. The first thing I noticed when we went, it was like, oh my God, we're taking a uh, you know we're taking an Uber from the airport into Brooklyn, and they're like, oh yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta pay this toll for the bridge. And I was like, oh, what's it like forty cents a dollar, like it is on the Illinois tollways or anywhere else? No, it's like twenty five dollars. What? Huh? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, good luck. Yeah, you'll be able to get the tickets. Do you like New York? I love it. Spent a lot of great years out there. Went to school about two and a half, three hours away in upstate New York, which Yeah, you is, were in upstate it's New not, York. That's, that's it, not that New York City. Count. I will be the first one. I am the main proponent of upstate New York. Starts where the Bronx ends. It's a debate <laughs> amongst many New Yorkers and Northeasters alike on where upstate New York starts. And it honestly depends on where you're from. But my family's from there. Now all my friends are there. And it's just right. a great town. Great town. Yeah, but it's it's like if people say where do you live and you say Milwaukee and you're really in Rhinelander, uh, just because you're in just because you're in New York's a very big state, so you can only say you live in New York City if you're in one of the one of the boroughs. That is correct. I'm the first proponent of that because even though like, most of us think of New York as just Manhattan, like people who haven't been to New York think of Manhattan as New York, and they don't. I didn't realize until I got there. Just how big, like Brooklyn and Queens, these these boroughs are. They're huge. Well, the you, thing could live, to... you could say, yeah, I live in Brooklyn, but you could be way out in Brooklyn or way out in Queens, uh, and you're you're a long, long way from the city. Exactly. Exactly. Like, there are people from Jamaica, Queens, and even the area around Belmont Park in Queens. It's very similar 
to living in Waukegan or the northern suburbs of Chicago, basically. That's how far out, not necessarily mileage-wise, but that's exactly what it feels like. But it also depends on who you're talking to. If I say to somebody, I'm going to New York, or you're going to New York City. When I say I go to school in New York, they say, oh, where do you go to school? I go to school in upstate New York. I have to clarify that. Otherwise, they think I go to Columbia. I go to St. John's, another school that's in the city proper. Yeah, it's uh, it's a wild place. I enjoyed it. My daughter, my daughter did not. She was there for a couple years, and uh, right before the pandemic hit, she came home after the pandemic started, or came got a new job and moved back to New Orleans, I should say. And um, I liked New York, but I I realized New York, New York City, and even even like she was in past Crown Heights in uh, Brooklyn. It's great if you're young or if you grew up there, but you can't drop I don't think you, you can drop an older person into New York City and uh, expect them to thrive because it's crazy. It is it is just insane. Uh, you know Milwaukee, Chicago, Minneapolis, big cities in the Midwest have all the same cultural things, restaurants, everything that New York does. They're also cleaner, more friendly, but there is something, there is something, there's an energy in New York. Well, I hope you get out there. I hope you get to see a game, even though it's the Mets, you know? Hey, I'd be fine with a Cubs 18 to nothing victory. (laughs) Well, I saw your boys beat the White Sox last night. I was not happy about it, except that I was sitting in the bleachers on a nice night. Uh but, yeah, the Cubs uh, in the Crosstown series. Uh, Jeff wants to get to a Timber Rattlers game so far, uh, or that's his, what he wants to accomplish for the rest of the summer. From the 262, have to make the trip to see this year's plays at American Players Theater. We'll start on Friday and Saturday. Very good. So, yes, that is the text question tonight. July is almost over. What do you still hope to accomplish this summer? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to getting to uh, the State Fair, which is which is exciting, and I'm uh, happy to announce that I will be broadcasting with uh, Steve Scafidi and Sandy Max on Saturday, August 12th. We're doing a three-person show. I know next week, the first weekend, it's uh, John, Greg, and Eric are going to be out there from 2 to 5, and we'll be out there the following Saturday from 2 to 5. So uh, that should be good. Uh, I'm also, uh, you know, looking forward to not getting a ticket today because it's Speed Awareness Day. So I'm trying to stay off the roads as much as possible because I... I don't know about you, Matt. I am a lead foot. I I speed, and I I don't say this bragging. It's just a it, it's just how it is. I do speed, but like most people will say, I think I'm a good driver. Uh, I think other people are horrible drivers. But yeah, when I'm on the interstate, I'm speeding. I I have learned over the years from uh, law enforcement people, and I don't. This is not a rule. It's just kind of the vibe. Ten miles over, you're still okay. It's when you get crazy. And I don't mean ten miles o- over like in a school zone. I'm talking about on the interstate. In the on residential streets, school zones, I've learned my lesson. I drive the speed limit. Um anywhere there's traffic cameras, you know, I drive the speed limit. But uh I, once I get on the highway, forget about it. I'm taking off. 
If the speed limit's 70, you're going to find me doing 79. But not today. Today I'm being, I'm being good. And I know it's not something to joke about, um, you know, in this, they count, they count this region, the Great Lakes region, as Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. So that's, you know, that's, um, who is pushing for speed date today. There have been almost 15,000 fatal crashes just uh, since 2019. So I, I get it. You know, I, I understand the dangers, but sometimes, and I don't, when I've been stopped, I listened, I heard the report uh, this morning on Wisconsin's Morning News and then Wyatt replayed it just in the news now. And I've never used the excuse that I have to, uh, I, I'm late for work. I don't use any excuse. The cop goes, you know why I stopped you? I go, yeah, I was going fast. And they're, they're like, why? I go, I don't Honestly, I want to say I didn't see you, but I don't do that. I just go, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. That's, that's the only excuse. I wasn't paying attention. And normally I get the, t- if I get the ticket, I take the hit because I, I know I was speeding when they stopped me. Uh, so I don't try to make excuses. I don't try to get out of it. Uh, no, Matt, I don't cry. I know you figured that's what I do. I don't unbutton my shirt a couple extra buttons. That doesn't help me. So I just, uh, I just take the hit. But that being said, friends, uh, don't do as I do. Be careful and, uh, just know today, today the eye of Johnny Law is, uh, peeled a little more intently. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, we got to do this. And then maybe all of our eyes need to be peeled a little more intently as we gaze toward the sky. That's what I was hearing from Congress today. We'll talk about that and so much more. It is the old National Bank uh, Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620 if you want to answer our text question of the night, which is July's almost over. What do you still hope to accomplish this summer? More after this. WTMJ. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. Brian Nooner, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk text line. If you want to get involved in the program, uh, why why is Congress doing everything they can now to focus on, quote, unquote, UFOs or perhaps other things? Uh, to distract us. It seems, it seems like all of a sudden, man, we gotta be very careful. There is a, uh, a representative from Tennessee, uh, Tim Burchett. He was on a podcast the other day and he, first of all, he is a firm believer in the presence of UFOs, but, uh, actually now they're called, uh, UAPs. So we don't want, we don't want to call them, uh, we don't want to call them UFOs, but, he said on a podcast the other day that uh, we will be unable to defeat an alien invasion should it ever happen. Hey, look over there. It's aliens. Don't look at all the other issues. But this is, this is what he said. We are out of our league. We couldn't fight them off if we wanted to. That's why I don't think they're a threat to us or they would already have been. Um, he also believes that extraterrestrials could, quote, Turn us into a charcoal briquette, end quote. So today, if you were paying attention on the, uh, there was a congressional subcommittee hearing where whistleblowers and actual, you know, people who you think would 
have some sort of background and expertise in this um, may jump in and talk about things, but that's no. So unidentified anomalous phenomenons known as UAPs or UFOs, there was a former military intelligence officer. He was a whistleblower. His name is David Grush. He served 14 years as an intelligence officer in the Air Force and National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Who knew there was such a thing? So he was uh, in front of the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee alongside two former fighter pilots who also claimed to have seen these things. And this is the problem. I'm not asking if you believe in UFOs and aliens and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm asking what you think they're trying to distract us from. Because let's be honest, if if any of this stuff really existed, we'd have some sort of proof. I'm not saying that alien or, you know, that there's life somewhere else or that there's a, but we need some proof. I need, I need more than a grainy, some grainy radar footage and somebody who heard something from somebody else. Uh, so this guy was in, um, he was telling lawmakers today, this Grush, that there has been a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. Uh, he has been denied access to these programs when he requested it when he was still part of the, uh, the agency. Um, and that there's been some financial chicanery so that there would be no congressional oversight of this. Uh, both parties were questioning him in questioning him uh they want to know why congress should go on investigating i don't know because everything else is solved i guess according to the aforementioned representative tim burchette the republican from tennessee he said quote we're going to uncover the cover-up and i hope this is just the beginning of many more hearings and many more people coming forward uh why I think we're I think we're wasting our time. They're cloaking this as national security, and uh, now that we have to, you know, start looking for spacemen and uh, or space beings. I don't want to, you know, we don't know if I don't want to gender shame any space beings that may be coming. Uh, I don't believe that there's. In order to believe any sort of conspiracy, you have to throw out the fact that any number of people have to keep this a secret. If there is a government agency that is reverse engineering alien spacecraft and going out and retrieving UAPs, you have to figure that the people who are doing the retrieval, all the engineers... Anybody else connected with the committee, you have to believe that all of those people can keep a secret. And we all know that that is impossible. But, you know, um, the, the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which Congress established last year, has investigated 800 reports of UAP as of this May. So he said, you know, Grove said all that. Then Ryan Graves came up. He was a former Navy pilot. Now, I don't uh, I don't discount 
the training and expertise that goes into being a Navy pilot. Uh, he he was on the stand. He talked about encountering UAPs on training missions. And then David Fravor shot a tic-tac video of a large object during a flight off the coast of California. These three witnesses said current reporting systems are inadequate to investigate UAP encounters, and a stigma still exists for pilots and officials who press for more transparency. Like Graves flew an F-18. You're not you're no slouch if you're flying one of those planes for the Navy. He said his squadron first began detecting unknown objects um, in 2014. He said there were dark gray or black cubes inside of a clear sphere. The apex or tips of the cubes were touching the inside of that sphere. I don't know what they saw, but to me, it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of uh, takes takes too much. To believe any of this is coming and again um, if the process to report this is not up to snuff as these three witnesses claimed well then give them some sort of photographic equipment equip the planes where we can see something but right now it's all just don't look over here look over here my opinion. What's yours? 855-616-1620. Let's do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. I like the banjo. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's talking about the people who believe in uh, believe in the UFOs or not. A little rocky top. On the other side of the news, hey, Hunter Biden was back in court today. Uh, things did not go his way. We'll talk about why that happened and so much more but right now we have to go to the wtmj 24-hour breaking news center that's where wyatt barmore pooley is waiting to do the news this is wtmj nights brian nooner wtmj nights 855-616-1620 uh, is the old National Bank talk and text line. We were talking about uh, the congressional test, uh, the subcommittee testimony today by uh, three people about the UAPs, the unidentified, the anomalies, everything's flying around in the sky. Um, and Dan says, or Matt says, maybe, uh, maybe they're all Chinese spy balloons. Could be. Could be. It's, oh, look up there, there's a Chinese spy balloon. Don't look what's really happening. Uh, now, you know, I, I get. I get uh, labeled time to time as being very far left. Oh, you know, on the text line, people don't like it. They don't like when you, um, you know, when you call out certain people. But then uh, they say, "And what if? What if? What about? What about ism?" Well, today a judge kind of put "what about ism" to bed, and I think rightfully so. Um, the judge in the Hunter Biden firearms case said that she could not accept a plea deal today because she needs the lawyers to go back and do stuff. Now, I didn't. You know, I'm like a lot of people. I didn't follow all the intricacies of the plea deal. I know that I heard a lot of people very furious that uh, Hunter Biden was offered a plea deal. And um, we didn't have all the facts. And now I can see why uh, some of it came into question. Because the federal judge that was overseeing the plea hearing uh, was very concerned today because... um, she kept. She was asking, "Is this even constitutional?" That's uh, well, good for her for knowing the Constitution. Uh, how do lawyers on both sides? And this is listen. You can't. You can't get a plea deal without having the prosecution too. So 
the prosecution and the defense had come to this agreement. Uh, the judge didn't like it. She was like, no, 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 this is all about gun possession. Um, so she had, she added that she had, quote, concerns about the constitutionality, end quote, of the gun deal because it might violate separation of powers principles. This was the stuff that I didn't know, um, what was going on. That they also had included in this, because here's the charge that he made false statements when he tried to get a, um, application to purchase a gun. He affirmed that he was not using drugs at the time, which was untrue. So they made a deal or proposed a deal um, that he would enter a diversion program, he being Hunter Biden, to resolve the gun charge. And then he has to abide by certain conditions for a period of time. In the proceedings today, the judge said she was trying to exercise due deliverance and consideration to make sure that they did not make a misstep in this because basically um it included a separate plea agreement for two tax misdemeanors and those were included in a way that the judge would need to approve the gun deal but had no powers to approve or reject the tax agreement deal so uh, that doesn't make any sense to me as a layman. It didn't make sense to a federal judge who said, uh, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm not going to rubber stamp something that I get to have no control over. So you got to go back. Uh, you got to go back and you got to think about this for a while. Because if the terms of any of this are breached, this, this federal judge has nothing no control over it. So she's like, no. Uh, Biden's attorney said that given the polarization of the case, they wanted a neutral arbitrator to handle any potential disputes, but the judge said she could not make that decision on the fly. So um, the parties have 30 days to submit additional briefs on this matter. I Listen, I've said this all the time, and I say it when uh, I said it when the former president was indicted a couple times, and I say it whenever somebody says, well, what about so-and-so? They did things. I'm like, all right, well, bring the charges, present the proof, bring the indictment, and uh, and we'll go. And right now I think this judge made the right call. You can't, you got to do these things separately. A uh, felony charge for making false statements on a gun purchase and two misdemeanor tax things, those that has to be separate, right? As, as Even if you're not an attorney, doesn't that make sense? Would you want, I mean, I guess if you're the defendant, you want everything rolled up at once so you can, you know, get out of everything. But, you know, that's why, that's why everything goes to trial. And a lot of times, to be honest, you know, I think most of us are in the position where we hear things with a lot of legal jargon, and it doesn't always, the law doesn't always match up to common sense. But I think this time, this, this decision, 100%. And it was, it was very surprising to me as I started reading more of the details of it to, uh, to realize that this is what was going on. Because a diversion agreement where they would say, okay, for the gun charge, he doesn't, uh, you know, he's going to go into a diversion program, blah, blah, blah. They make those deals. Those don't usually go in front of a judge, according to what I read.
But because they rolled in the other thing with the, the misdemeanors on the tax issues, and they had to, so they had to get this plea, the whole big plea approved. So we'll see within 30 days what happens. Until then, we just don't. Uh, big developments over the weekend. Uh, Matt, have you gone on X yet? Have I gone on what? X. You know, Twitter is not Twitter anymore. There's no more Twitter. Ironically enough, I'm checking my phone right now. On the app, I still have the bird logo. I don't know Here's wh- the thing. why that is, on, but on the computer, it's X. That's right. They immediately, For the desktop uh, application, it is. it had changed. It changed uh, Monday. But it's still on the mobile app. You still get the little birdie, even though they were pulling the little birdie off the building today, and uh, they had to stop because they didn't have permits to block off a lane of traffic in San Francisco. But I guess Elon thinks he could do whatever he wants. Yeah. So on, if you go to if you go to Twitter on your uh, on your computer, you're going to see just a really badly formed X, and that's. But I don't know. The color scheme is still the same, so everything is blue. And if I want to send a message, it still tells me to tweet. But how can I tweet if it's not Twitter? Twitter. So yeah, it's very strange. Have you? And I, I know you do. You do f- go to t- the the platform formerly known as Twitter. Um, I think this is just another dumb idea by Elon Musk. Just another way for him to go, look, I've got all my toys and I'm in charge. And I know he loves X. He loves SpaceX. He loves using the letter X. But there's also, uh, there, there's going to be a big problem from Google, from Facebook, and um, I think from Microsoft, because they have trademarks on X or copyrights. So Elon might not be able to use this very much. Is this just one more step in the downfall of Twitter? I think it. Uh, I think it definitely is. People, I rarely go on Twitter anymore, except you know when I'm doing the show. I go on there and I look at to, to see if anything big is trending, to try to figure out if there's something interesting that we want to talk about. And I guess the X is the big trend. Uh, is that going to change your opinion, Matt, on this uh, platform? As a young man, do you think it's hip or not to just be called X? I just don't understand why Elon would do this. I don't care about the name one way or another. Now, it doesn't make sense anymore. Because like you said, how can I tweet on an app called X? How can I retweet? What, am I going to re-X or something? I'm going to re-X. And when Elon makes this app called X, I got to ask why he would do this. It just doesn't make any sense sense zero it's like you said it's another toy that he has in his toy box that he can just mess around with it's his latest edition following the rate limits like we get he's from the the very beginning we understand but he screwed up he screwed up the uh you know i was verified before i had the, the coveted blue check for years and years and I was very excited about having that blue check. It it lent it used to lend a little authenticity. So you knew if you were talking to somebody, it was really that person. Well, he screwed that up because he let anybody just buy in. But then he left some people have their legacy check mark. But then the people who were getting quote unquote verified didn't have to really get verified. They just had to pay. Like when when I got verified, we had to submit a bunch of stuff, and it was you know. Um, because of being part of the quote-unquote media, that's how I got it. 
Um, so he screwed that up. Then, you know, you got to pay for that. Then, as you said, screwed up the tweet limit. Who cares how many tweets you read in a day? But he screwed that up. Now he's, you know, now he's changing the name. I'm starting to think all he wanted was the data, the uh, data from all the users. That's all he wanted. Um, he he doesn't care about. Obviously, he doesn't care about you know his big thing about free speech and blah blah blah. It was uh, it was a nightmare. Then they tried to roll out the Ron DeSantis campaign announcement, and that was a, a technical catastrophe. So I don't know what he's doing. It must be nice to have you know have the money to be able to make a purchase like this and then just completely burn it to the ground. But it, it did the same for Threads. I don't know if you joined Threads. Uh, I did. I did when it you know right away. I get in on Threads, and after about two days, I stopped going to Threads, and that has been their thing. Their engagement rate has dropped enormously since it started. Uh, but now I can't get rid of my account, or I'd lose my Instagram account. That's how they get you. They go, hey, want to open Threads? Oh yeah, I'll start Threads. Why not? I'll get on another platform. That'll be fun. Why not give somebody else my data? That'll be good. Uh, oh, I don't like this. I want to leave. Well, if you leave, you're going to lose the other platform that you really like. Uh, so I just, I just have it, and now I don't use it. All right, we've got we've got so many things to do, but one of them is this on WTMJ Nights. Then more of WTMJ Nights. <laughs> If you've been paying attention, you know it is crazy hot. Not just here in Milwaukee. It's going to be very hot this weekend. The whole uh, Midwest is hot, but nowhere near as hot as some other areas of the country. Uh, South Texas, the Southwest, into Arizona, California, Florida. They're talking about the ocean water being hot tub temperatures. You've got a huge, huge chunk of the middle of the country. Parts of Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Illinois, all under dangerous heat index, not only for today, but also for tomorrow. And uh, I saw this, and I can't we've – all, we've all been outside on a really hot day, and you're, you walk on the sidewalk or try to cross the street, and if you have to stand on the street for any amount of time, you can start to feel the heat coming through your shoes, and you know how hot it is. In Arizona, it has gotten so bad that people are being brought into the emergency rooms with significant and sometimes life-threatening burns because they fell down. They fell onto the, the ground, whether it's the sidewalk or a parking lot, and they are burned so badly that they have to go to the hospital. Um, now, the doctors out there, said they, the burn services unit at the Arizona Burn Center at Valley Wise Health. The doctor there said the number of patients we're seeing and the severity of injuries, the acuity of injuries is much higher than any time and it's always hot in Arizona in the summer. They they admit that, but they're saying this is crazier. All 45 beds in the center are full. A third of the patients are people who fell and burned themselves on the ground. Um, and they also have some burn patients in the ICU who fell and burned. They say the concrete and blacktop can be 40 to 60 degrees hotter than the air, so I'll let you do the math. But I will tell you that last Thursday, the air temperature 
was 119 degrees in Phoenix. They had six consecutive days above 115. Uh, and uh, oh, they got a nice cool streak on Sunday. It only got to 114 degrees. So the doctor is saying, listen, the, the blacktop, whether it's asphalt, concrete, whatever, can get up to 180 degrees, which is just a little below boiling. So if you fall, it's like touching it horrible, horrible. So, I, you know, I've never heard of that. People, you know, obviously people getting burns, but so in a fraction of a second, they say you get a really deep burn, um, and they're finding people who have passed out and been on the pavement for like 10 minutes, and the skin is as bad as if they were brought out of a house fire. Imagine that. Imagine it being that hot or falling. I mean, we're, we're going to get into the 90s this week, and it's going to be humid. But imagine that stretch of 115. So they, they're also telling people to worry about your pets, which, uh, duh, if you're not worried about your pets, you probably aren't really a good pet person. But um, especially out there or anywhere where there's these dangerous heat warnings, which, again, uh, tomorrow, same as today, we are under actually an extreme caution with the temperature, the heat index being 90 to 103. So here in Milwaukee, we're under the extreme caution heat index for tomorrow. Um, thankfully, the dangerous one does not come that far up. So we get the lake to kind of help us out a little bit, but still uh, not that much. And I say that with the lake helping us out, but boy, the ocean sure aren't helping out uh, down on the Gulf and on the uh, southern Atlantic there. But anyway, keep your dogs Keep your cats inside, they say in the air conditioner. If the dogs have to go out, make sure you only you keep them on the grass, may, let them do their business, and then scramble back in as quick as possible. Because uh, if, you know, you take a dog for a walk, mostly you're walking them on the pavement, that's the same thing. They said if you do have to take your dog for a walk, go early, early in the morning. Because if you say, well, it cools off at night, right? Yeah, but the uh, the sidewalks and stuff have been soaking up the sunshine all day so they're still hot all right so hopefully we are not getting that hot but imagine just uh falling down from the heat i thought you know yesterday last few days it's been humid which is to me almost as bad i say that knowing uh that 119 or 115 is just unbearable all right we got to do this then we'll be back it's wtmj nights this is wtmj nights Every time I turn around, I'm looking up, you're looking down. Maybe something's wrong with you. Oh, my goodness. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Uh, we were talking about the rebrand of Twitter, and Jeff from Fox Point texts in on the old National Bank Talk and Text line. Make it uh, avail yourself of that number, 855 616 1620. He says, The name is quite original. Yes, there's X Men, the punk band X, Generation X, and others. If he's going to uh, make changes uh, which nobody asked for, he could at least be original and actually make improvements. Ah, it's much easier, Jeff, just to change the name than scrape the, uh, scrape the letters off the outside of the building. But now I think it just says uh, TWI because, as I said, they were, they were scraping everything off today and uh, they got stopped. <laughs> Police came by and went, uh, where's your permit for blocking off the street? Elon, you know, Elon doesn't have it because Elon doesn't need permits. Permits are for the weak. Uh, on the other side, 
We're going to talk about unbelievable apparent interaction and interference. But first, we have to do this. Then it's news time on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. All right, welcome back. Second hour of the big show. Our text question of the night on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. July is almost over. What do you still hope to accomplish this summer? Maybe it's a project around the house. Maybe it's a trip somewhere. Maybe it's, uh, you know, getting to a pool over the next couple of days. That was, uh, you know, why it's saying that uh, a lot of local pools opening things up because our heat index is going to be in the dangerous realm. Triple degree, that's what it's going to sound like. Oh, boy, over 100. I don't know. I know that the old saying is not the heat, it's the humidity. Yes, it's horrible when it's this this humid and this hot. But I think overall the whole country is going, no, it's not just that. It's, it's everything. All right, parents, I'm talking to you now. At what point do you let your children fend for themselves? When it comes to taking care of something at school, talking to a teacher or a professor, or just handling business on their own. And look at yourself in the mirror and say, if I were a junior in college, would I want my mommy looking over my shoulder, especially when it came to something very important? That's why I wanted I saw this on Reddit today. Reddit, if you don't know, has a little am I the a-hole section. Um, am I the jerk? And this woman wrote in to see if she was the jerk. And I'm going to tell you up front, no, she was not the jerk. Here's the deal. She says, I was pre-screening students for a highly sought-after internship. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Matt, you're not an intern. You're a paid employee, and we're glad to have you. You've graduated from college much more recently than I. When you were a junior in college, would you have let your mommy talk for you to a professor? I would not let my mom talk to any professor, any potential employer, anybody of that sort. I'll get more into it uh, a little bit later, but where I think you're going is an absolute disaster. Yes. All right. So you maybe you saw this one. The... Um, so she's interviewing these people for this inter- internship where there's only five spots. It's very competitive, she said. Uh, first, you have to submit an essay. Then you have a pre-screening interview with this woman uh, over Zoom. And then there's two to three interviews afterward. So normally happens when a, co- a student is their junior year of college. So junior year, probably 20, 21, maybe late 19, but... Old enough, old enough where you're legally an adult. So uh, she was interviewing this young man who was 21 from her, their online campus. He had good grades, he had great essays, and he had a portfolio. He was ready to go. Um, he gets an email, that, or she gets an email, that there's a third party in Zoom. Um, she says, ah, that wasn't too weird, because sometimes a professor will join us on this screening, and they'll talk about the student and how great they are. And, um, you know, so she's like, okay, she sends the link. Well, the Zoom meeting opens. It's this woman. 
It's the 21-year-old kid, or the 21-year-old guy, he's not a kid, 21-year-old guy, and I say kid because his mom was also there. The interviewer asks the questions, and every time she asks a question, the mom interrupts her son and talks over both of them. Uh, then there was a question about the achievement that the student's most proud of. The mom launches into a 30-minute tirade about fifth-grade science fair. If you haven't done anything you're proud of since fifth grade, you ought to be, you know, thinking of something else. And you ought to be telling your mom to zip and tur mute her, turn her off. I don't know why she was there anyway. So the interview is only supposed to take 30 minutes. Uh, the mom talked all of this stuff. The meeting went almost an hour. The student himself said very few. She said maybe a dozen words. That was it. So she finished up, and uh, as she's finishing the meeting, she says, hey, next time I'd like to speak to, uh, you know, it'd be nice if you let Dave speak for himself because it's not a good look to have mom answering all the questions. Well, oh, my goodness, this made the mom very angry. She started swearing at the, uh, the interviewer, so they closed the meeting. And then her supervisor a couple days later said, hey, what's going on? How come you red flagged this kid? Um, you know, he seemed to have all the stuff. And... She had red flagged him and said not to interview him anymore. Um, the mom had been emailing and calling the school about this interviewer to complain. The supervisor told her that well, maybe she could have handled it better and be more accommodating to the student and his mom. Was she wrong, this uh, interviewer, to red flag this kid? Absolutely not. And that, that should be an easy question. You know, uh, obviously, if this kid is, gets to this point, has the grades, the essays, the portfolio, everything's ready to go. He's capable, but somewhere mom thinks she has to get involved. And that's, you know, we've heard the term helicopter parenting and all that kind of stuff where the, you know, the parents are just overly involved. I read this and I go, thank goodness I was not, uh, nor my wife, we were not helicopter parents. But at what point... Do you tell your parent to back up? I, I could never have imagined in a million years, and I know I'm too old for like Zoom meetings and stuff like this for when I was in college, but I could never imagine having my mom or dad come to an interview with me, like a job interview. Maybe when I was, uh, you know, 15 and they dropped me off somewhere, but they, they didn't come in when I had the job interview. They'd drop me off. They'd come back and pick me up and go, how was it? I go, I don't know. It was all right. And that was it. But the thought of having your parent, how, first of all, even if it goes okay, goes the exact opposite of this interview, how do you expect to ever get any respect in this position? Whether you're an intern or an employee or a student, how are you ever supposed to stand up for yourself? How do you ever voice your opinion? How are you not completely neutered at your place of business because you had to have your parent as part of the interview? Not that really you're ever going to get to that point, because who's going to hire somebody whose parent had to come to the interview? And this is not, this is not an extraordinary situation where the kid needed his parent there. There was no there. There was no physical or mental or emotional issue that had to be addressed 
this was this was seemingly self sufficient. I get maybe maybe there are some people who can't say no to their parents. Uh, I was not one of them. Doesn't sound like Matt. You were one of them. No, I was not. As a matter of fact, like I said, in my professional life, whether it's internships, jobs, even interviews with professors when I toured schools and asked to meet with profs, the only thing that my mom helped me with was grammar on an email. And I'm talking when I was 17 years old or 16 years old, (laughs) writing letters to college professors. If there was any intervention beyond that, there would be a massive conversation. But I got to raise a point to you, Brian, here. We're looking at this from the parental perspective. If I'm the kid, I understand, or the 21-year-old, why am I letting my mom... Well, first off, I understand letting the mom know when the interview was, just to talk about your day. It's a Zoom call. Why are you giving her the link? Or telling her who you're interviewing. Exactly. With. Like, and- why, why would she have access to the person that you're in? Now, like, all right. For example, my daughter, uh, when she was in college, she interviewed for, and this was, well, I guess she was a senior. So she interviewed to be part of this cohort. Um, I think they took 12 students a year. And she had a number of Zoom interviews with the people who were there. Now I knew when the Zoom interviews were because she would, she well, she'd tell us and she was doing them at home, so we knew when they were. But we were not, uh, we were not around. It was like, oh, today's the interview. Good luck. How are you feeling? And then, hey, how'd the interview go? That was that was the extent. She, you know, she would have my wife kind of like what you said your mom did. Proof. Here's here's my essay. Would you just re- proofread it and make sure there's no you know, big mistakes, which everybody does that. You have somebody else, you get a fresh set of eyes to look at it. But that's, I couldn't imagine standing behind her on the Zoom call when she's trying to, when she's interviewing for this this cohort and going, hey, hey, don't forget to tell them about this. Don't forget to tell them about that. No, you're right. The kid, the kid should gave too much information. But even at 21, you know, your parents are going to say, oh, do you, you know, you're going to tell your parents that you're going for this internship. That That's, you know, that's normal. Um, your parents are going to be interested. That's normal. But, yeah, don't, how would, he had to give her the name, right, of the person who was interviewing him. And you're right, Matt, he had to, so once he gave them the contact information, she kept hounding the uh, the person and didn't tell didn't say who it was. She just sent a request for the to get into the meeting. Uh, he's just trying to survive a difficult relationship. Who the kid? No, you're 21. At that point, if the relationship is difficult, uh, you gotta say you, you can't be involved, Ma. I'm sorry. Um, the mom clearly had some form of mental illness. That coming in on the text line. You can jump in. That from the 608. Uh, from the 414, I'm willing to bet that mom is the one that got the good grades and wrote the essay also. Nah, you can't. No, I, I doubt it. Cause you can't get, you can't have that much. He had his portfolio and everything. The, the, the interviewer seemed, the interviewer was, had no doubt of his abilities to get to that point. Um, Larry says, my question is, why didn't you just disconnect the mother when she came into the call and tell her that this is an interview? Uh, and uh, exclude her. 
That makes sense, too. That is a good question. It doesn't say why uh, why she didn't do that. If you want to weigh in, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Uh, I'd say the kid is more at fault for not having a backbone at 21. Now, the mom obviously at fault. But the kid, the kid bears a huge chunk of this responsibility for not standing up to his mom and saying, this is my thing. If you come in and... Because now... Now it's too late for him. He knows letting his mom in there screwed him over for this. He's not getting this internship. What a dork. It's WTMJ Nights. Back to WTMJ Nights. What the rock is cooking. I always smell what the rock is cooking, whether it's the people's elbow, the people's eyebrow or the People's Champion, helping out the union that he is part of. Uh, The Rock came through because I don't... uh, You probably have heard this. If not, you should have. The uh, Hollywood Writers Guild, the Writers Guild of America, and SAG-AFTRA, the union that represents the actors, are both on strike in Hollywood. And The Rock has made a quote-unquote historic seven-figure donation to SAG-AFTRA to provide assistance to union actors on strike. So, like... Any union, when there's a strike fund and they try to help people out. Well, SAG said, uh, we can't disclose the amount because it's a private donation. We can confirm that it is seven figures. It's historic for our nonprofit organization. Um, It is the largest total contribution received from an individual donor in the union's 40-year history. The Rock has not made a comment on this, um, but yes. It's uh, according to the union, it's going to help thousands in urgent need who have been impacted by the SAG after strike, and uh, they will receive emergency assistance for basic needs. So, way to go, Rock. Putting his money where his mouth is, helping out the union, dropping seven figures. And don't be jaded and go, well, he's got it, he should help. There's, listen, there's a lot of people in the union, a small percentage, but enough, who are making. As much or more as The Rock, and uh, he's the one who made the uh, the donation. So, Dwayne Johnson, we salute you. Now it is 7.30, and I also like to salute the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom because that's where Wyatt Barmore Pooley plies his trade. Now more of WTMJ Nights. Trying to remember what this song comes from. So it was on a movie soundtrack. I don't remember. Matt, you have any idea? It's one of the films about uh, the Rock, who we just talked about on the one show. Of the films about the Rock. Starred the Rock. Shouldn't say about the Rock. It starred the Rock. Yep, 2017 release. Oh. Uh, is it a Fast and the Fear, a Fast of uh, Calvin and Hobbes or whatever? The it's not an action. I wouldn't call it an action film. Not an action movie, starring The Rock, Walking Tall. No, that's an action movie. Uh, I don't know. It, it combines a lot of themes uh, that we've talked about today. It combines uh, heat. It combines The Rock. Um, the accomplishing the goals this summer. The water? Oh, is it the one? No, it, uh, the was that the one with Mark Wahlberg where they were bank robbers who weightlifted? 
Not quite. All right, give it, give it to me. Baywatch. The Rock. That's all right. That's how I know the theme. Baywatch. The Rock. I didn't. I'm not going to be embarrassed to say it. I did not see the Rock version of Baywatch. I I go for. Uh, I like the Rock in action films. So I did not see Baywatch. Um, I saw Jumanji. That was kind of <laughs> that was along the same lines. I think The Rock is funny. I like I like The Rock with Kevin Hart in uh, the one where they were uh, The Rock was a CIA guy and they went to the high school reunion. I don't remember what that one was called. That was funny. But uh yeah. Uh, no. Did you see Baywatch? Somebody <laughs> 262 the 262 knows it was the Bay it was <laughs> it was the Baywatch. Man, that is the that is the old man is thing I've said. That's the, the Baywatch with the Hasselhoff. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you go to the uh, theaters and see The Rock as uh, in Baywatch? If a coach bus is the same thing as a theater, then yes. It was playing, uh, I spent the past two years <laughs> in summer collegiate baseball with the Kenosha Kingfish, and we had okay. plenty of long bus rides and plenty <laughs> of movies. Really? And they played that? How'd the team react to the Baywatch movie? try and keep it pg here uh they enjoyed it i'm guessing there were a lot of scantily clad ladies in bathing suits um plus you got the rock running around in trunks so a lot of eye candy for everybody would that be accurate that would be accurate all right then i i, I get it you know i didn't really watch baywatch the series though when it was out you know the hasselhoff pamela anderson vehicle i saw it a couple times i'm not you know from outer space but I wasn't on my must-watch list. But I do, you know, whenever The Rock comes out with something, when he was just in, uh, just on uh, in a Netflix movie where he was a, a spy, what a shock! Um, Jeff says my favorite of his movies is Faster. Oh, I like that one. That was where I think that was the one. Where, didn't his kid get uh, his kid either got arrested or kidnapped, and he had to drive? Yeah. The Rock's always got something to do. There's a <laughs> I liked Walking Tall, but only because I really like the original Walking Tall, the story of Buford Pusser. Um, you know, I think I, I liked I liked uh, Ballers. Did you watch that on HBO? That seems like a, a series you would have enjoyed, Matt. What was this, the show again? Is it Ballers? The uh, where he was the agent. I've heard of it. I think I've watched one episode of it, but oh, I haven't seen the whole series. Oh, it was fantastic. The Rock in uh, really tight designer suits, running around, making deals. It was fun. Uh, but The Rock has not been banned, thankfully. But as you know, I love to, uh, I love to rage against book banning. And we hear about it all the time. And there have been a few local cases uh, recently. Not to, you know, thankfully... Um, Wisconsin, pretty good when it comes to not banning books. Applause. Shout out Wisconsin for not banning books. Uh, shout out Milwaukee for not banning books. Few of the suburbs, few of the smaller towns around. Mm, looking at you, maybe not fantastic, but you're doing okay. Uh, but sometimes we hear those, those terms, banned books, and then we see the people at the school board meetings or the library meetings, and they're railing against something because, oh, my goodness, yes, these books teach about uh, people with 
alternative lifestyles and, and somebody who's having gender identity and, and this and that. But there's also a lot of classic books that are banned as well. So if you're like me and you've thought, why well, it, it'd be interesting to see all these banned books and perhaps even read a banned book or two just to feel alive, just to feel like you're operating just this far outside of the law. You want to read a banned book. I found this today, and I actually, I, I actually followed it, and I, I downloaded the app. So there is a new app that allows you to access books that are banned not only in your area, but all over. And this is how I know that Wisconsin did pretty good, because I went, uh, I went to the, we the website, the Banned Book Club, and they have an interactive map. And so in most of Wisconsin... There's not on there. But if you download this app, um, the Palace app, you can find all these banned books. And you can, it's like a library. You can check them out. And if the book is, if they have, they have so many licenses per book. And if they lend you the book and all the licenses are up, you can't, nobody else can get it. They have some audio books. They have uh, the ebooks, the whole thing, and it is it is amazing. So, I went to this app and I started looking at banned books. Now these are just there's there's newer ones here. Some of the ones that are the most frequently challenged books um, for school districts anywhere. Uh, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, which is about a high school kid and. Um, his first day of high school, his senior year, he thinks he's gonna, he's got it figured out. He's going to uh, stay as far off the grid as possible just to survive his final year of high school. Uh, he keeps a really low profile. He makes mediocre films with one person that he's kind of friends with, and uh, then all of a sudden there is, uh, you know, there's a dead girl. So that's that is challenged a lot. 13 Reasons Why, we've heard about that one, um, Out of the Darkness, All Boys Aren't Blue, these are just some of the most frequently challenged ones, Gender Queer, that's, that is, that, as I looked through the interactive map, the places in Wisconsin and Northern Illinois that did have some books banned from their libraries, and this is from libraries. This is not from schools. This is from libraries where people have decided that no one should be able to read this book. So I'm not talking about, well, I don't, I don't know if I want my first grader reading that book, which is absolutely your right as a parent. But it's not your right as a parent to say the public library should not have this book because I don't want anybody to have access to this. So you can read, you can see the most frequently challenged books. Then you can go to the classics. And this is, this is what's amazing to me. Most of us have probably read one or more of these while we were in school. Slaughterhouse Five is a banned classic book. Of Mice and Men. Peter Pan. Lolita. Um, Native Son. The Perks of Being a Wallflower, The Bell Jar. These sound familiar to you? Sure, because they're classics. Brave New World, all banned. 
then it gets. But if if you're looking to do this, um, and you're thinking, well, I want to go check these out because I want to see what the books are about. Uh, I want to educate myself a little, and maybe I want to read some of these books. There was the book that, um, and I can't remember the name of it now. It's the one that Stephen Colbert uh, Colbert wrote. It was about a a bunny who was, you know. My wife actually ordered it when it came out. But this is a good thing. So if you want, if you want to do this, and you want to go get the app, and it's a free app, and it's from the uh, Digital Public Library of America. That's who, that's who is running this. Um, they provide readers with free access to books pulled from the shelves of their local libraries. And again, if there's none pulled in your area, thank goodness. But if you if you go to Band Book Band, the Band Book Club, Google that, it'll explain it. You can look at the map, and then you can go and um, get the app. So the DLPA uses GPS geotargeting, which people oh they know where I am. I didn't put in my location because I figured I was doing this as a thing. I on the map, you don't have to put in where you live. So they weren't geotargeting me. I just wanted to see. And um, you can do this. So then you go, you get this Palace app, and you put in, when you can choose your library, you pick the Band Book Club, and you'll see all these books. Um, the program launches at a time when the number of demands to censor library books is at a record high, according to the American Library Association. There were over 1,200 demands to censor library books last year. It's the highest number of attempted book bans since they began compiling this data about censorship in libraries in 20, they did that 20 years ago. The number doubled since from 2021 to 2022. Um, according to the American Library Association, quote, a book challenge is a demand to remove a book from a library's collection so that no one else can read it. Overwhelmingly, we're seeing these challenges come from organized censorship groups that target local library board meetings to demand removal of a long list of books they share on social media. Um, their aim is to suppress the voices of those traditionally excluded from our nation's conversations, such as people in the LGBTQIA plus community and people of color. Uh, again, this is not this is not a school library where you're worried about a first grader uh, reading something that you as a parent deem inappropriate, which again, that is your right. But the rights do not extend to making sure that no one can read it. And I'm all right, maybe I'm missing something. I've read of mice and men. I also listened to the audiobook. What what could be in of mice and men to ban it? Other than you know maybe Lenny because he's uh, of diminished capacity. Um, maybe the wife of the ranch owner who was trying to bed, um, you know, bed the guys. I don't get it. Jeff says, I had Native Son and Slaughterhouse Five in college, and I liked the profession so much that I took his course the following semester. I even drove off campus to a location half hour away to take his course. I would hate for others to be deprived of these great experiences through banning. Yeah, so go get this app 
if you want to do it. It's uh, it's fantastic. Go to the, get the download the Palace app, and uh, once you've downloaded the app, choose Band Book Club as your library, and then follow the prompts, and you can get your free virtual library card. And then you can start to read all the banned books. And when people say, oh, you're such a nice person, go, yeah, but I read banned books. So that makes me an outlaw. we got to do more. But first we do this. It's WTMJ Nights. Be safe. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Sorry, I had to reach back for something that I had tossed away in error because I would be remiss if I did not do this story. We must uh, we must pray, give props to a man from Madison. Has anybody ever told you you looked like somebody, Matt? Do you resemble anyone famous? I was once told that I looked like the baseball player Matt Merton. Okay. Yeah, that's a throwback, like 2008. But other than sure. that, nothing much. No, it's and it's I've I've run into people who I think look like celebrities and I've been told, oh, you shouldn't tell people that they look like somebody because what if you mean it as a compliment, but they don't find that person attractive and uh, then everybody gets all upset with you. And I'm like, uh, People get too upset about everything. And quite frankly, I'm tired of that. But uh, I, I the only time I was told I used to when I was younger, I was told I looked like the America's Cup yacht captain Dennis Connors and then back uh I used to have long sideburns and a couple people told me I looked like Vince Gill but that was again that was back like in the 90s so I don't think I look like Vince Gill anymore um not that Vince Gill's a bad looking guy but uh, he's a country singer uh if you don't know who Vince Gill is well a man from Madison on his 68th birthday, was not only told he looked like somebody, but he proved it, and he won. Yes, uh, a white-bearded Wisconsin man won the Hemingway Lookalike Contest, which is the highlight of Key West's annual Hemingway Day celebration. I, I've i never been to Key West. I would love to go there. It seems like a place where I might get there, though, and never want to come back. Garrett Marshall is the man's name. He's a retired television broadcast engineer from Madison. He prevailed uh, at Sloppy Joe's Bar Saturday night, which is where Ernest Hemingway used to hang out when he lived in the Keys during the 30s. Marshall said it was the best birthday he ever had. Uh, this was his 11th attempt. you got to like a guy who sets a goal and will not be deterred. Ten times they tell you, you don't look like Ernest Hemingway enough to win. And you say, you know what? Most people would quit. But not Hemingway, and not me. So uh, Garrett Marshall goes back in. He triumphed over nearly 140 other entrants. Um, there were two preliminary rounds and then the finals, which were Saturday. Uh, competitors in sportsman's attire, mostly dressed like uh, Hemingway in his rugged papa period. Um, they were on stage at this bar. Marshall did say he shares several characteristics besides appearance with Hemingway. Uh, he's written nonfiction and short fiction books. He loves the outdoors. He loves fishing. And um, there you go. He said, I can't match one thing about Hemingway. He had four wives. I only have one, but that's all I need. So there you go. Now, I don't know what he wins. He wins like a bust, a Hemingway you know, bust. But they do this to raise money. 
the Hemingway Lookalike Society has raised, they say, uh, this year from the festival about $125,000 for charity. So there you go. So congratulations to Garrett Marshall of Madison for, and he's also in the media. He was also, you know, a retired media member. We gotta, we gotta give him a shout out. I don't think I'd win any contest to look like anybody, which is probably good, right? You only want to, you only want to look like, you only want to look like you. You don't want to look like everybody else. That would be crazy talk. Um, this is very exciting. Now, Matt, when you saw this, did you feel threatened at all? I don't want this to be uncomfortable. What we're going to do after the news. Matt's so nope. uncomfortable, he's not even going to answer me. Anymore. Oh, I'm very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Listen, listen, Mr. Uh, so you're okay with what's going to happen that we're going to, uh, our guest after the news? Oh, yeah. It should you be exciting. You don't feel threatened in very any way? exciting. All right. Good. Well, you two share, you two share, uh, Minor, you know, minor league baseball in common. Tommy, Tommy Words, yes, the uh, our old producer who, when he left to go up to Minnesota to work with the Wilmer Stingers, uh, we said we would touch base with him during the summer. Well, guess what? It's during the summer. We're going to talk to Tommy. Uh, Matt and Tommy will compare what life with the life with the minor league teams, and uh, we'll find out how things are going. We're going to do that after the news, but that comes your way after this. On WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Oh, my goodness. This is very exciting. Uh, it is our three of the big broadcasts. Glad you're here. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank. Talk and text line. Get involved. Oh, it's fun to do. Uh, you may remember this next, uh, my, my guest here, our next voice on this show, as somebody who was producing this program up until, up until like May, and then he, uh, he left. He left to go to the Northwoods. Uh, Tommy Wirtz is here. He is uh, now the play-by-play, -play, the uh, the podcast. He handles all kinds of things for the Wilmar Stingers, part of the Northwoods League. Uh, we promised we would check up on Tommy to see how he was doing. I have been in contact, but it's good to uh, it's good to have you here, Tommy. How are you? Oh, I was waiting for a clapping sound effect or something. Yes, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Good, listen, Brian, how you been doing? I'm good. I I was I thought there'd be some fanfare too. I think there's some uh, current producer, ex producer, or former producer, current producer tension with Matt. Plus, I just found out today that you both have uh, done time in the Northwoods League. Matt, you were with uh, who the Kenosha Cucaburras last year. Yep, I spent two oh, yeah. wonderful seasons uh, down at Historic Simmons Field as the play-by-play -play voice of the Kenosha Kingfish, two of the best summers uh, that I've had so far. Now, you, Tommy, this is your second year with the Wilmer Stingers, right? No, this is uh, first year with the Stingers. The first job I actually ever had in summer collegiate baseball was with the Kenosha Kingfish. All right. I, I, did you guys overlap at all? No, I was in 2020, so it sounds like he started the year after I left, and I was more in the production side of things, doing camera direction and PC graphics, so I know Matt's probably worked a whole bunch with those people, but my first season 
was actually thanks to Good Karma Brands, I got connected with someone who worked with someone at the Kenosha Kingfish through someone who was employed at GKB and got me an internship there when we did, I think it was like 35 games in 35 days during the COVID season. Whoa. And now you're up, now you're up with the Wilmar Stingers and you're doing play by play and you're doing their, uh, pre and post game shows and their podcasts. How are, how are things going? How has the adjustment been? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, it was definitely a little bit of a culture shock at first when I was told to get in contact with them when I was about 30 minutes out and you know, I was I was five minutes away and I hadn't seen a building for thirty miles, so I was a little <laughs> worried on where I had signed up to be. But popped into Wilmer. It's about the size of Cudahy, where I come from. It's twenty thousand people, much more spaced out though, and it's the smallest market in the NWL, but it's a team that really gets the community behind it and it's been an awesome summer so far. The singers have had a lot of great success and I've been getting a lot of cool stuff done over here. Now I know the players stay with host families. Are you staying with a host family, or do they? Do you sleep at the ballpark? What's your deal? Uh, some days we might as well, yes. But actually, they hooked us up with a pretty cool house over here. So there are, I believe, nine total interns, and there's seven males and two females. There is eight people living at this one house with one of the full timers. <laughs> I guess here to kind of babysit us. So it's all eight right. dudes that are all in college or out of college, barely. <laughs> uh, but we each got our own room. So I'm in my room over there now. And it's been a pretty cool experience. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome that they hooked us up for free with a place to live. And they feed us every once in a while, I guess. And otherwise, spend for yourself. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a pretty cool experience. And it's really cool that they have this setup for us here, which is kind of unlike anything I've ever been able to experience where I get to live with my coworkers or all of them at that. That's wild. Now, uh, that could be great. It could also be mm, trying your, trying your patience a little bit. Is it, uh, is it more yeah, also just, great? <laughs> it's more great, but this place has been disgusting since week two with eight guys living here. So, I don't definitely doubt it. trying to yeah, definitely <laughs> trying to combat that. I I'm able to we're luckily we're at the ballpark a lot. I'm sure Matt knows. I mean, we just had a stretch here of nine home games in nine days with a double header and a day off in the middle of it. So it's been sixty hour work weeks. We're pretty much at the park all the time. But it wouldn't change it for anything. It's an it's an awesome experience out here in Wilmer. Now, Matt had mentioned that he, uh, we were talking about uh, the Baywatch movie, and he mentioned that he would ride with the team on the road. Do you go on the road with the team, too? So, that's, it's a little bit bittersweet. I do not. I'm pretty convenient. I, I think it's probably a better thing. I, they want to get away from radio broadcasting in this league, so there's not a lot of teams that travel anymore unless you have a radio deal, which Wilmer does not. But I do all the Why home do they, games. Hold on. I, Why do they want to get away from radio, Tommy? That's our bread and butter. I, it is our bread and butter, right? And I, I guess that some other people don't listen to it as much as you and I do. But they, they've they gotten rid of most of the radio. They do a lot more television stuff on their 
broadcast network online. And, okay. uh, but I stay in touch with it daily by doing these daily post game shows that you I've sent a couple of your way. Yeah, and I got to tell you, uh, I told you this in private, so it's not uh, you know you know I'm uh, not speaking out of school. You've done really well. You started. You were good at the beginning, and you've just gotten better and better as you've uh, as you've gone on. So congratulations on that. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Brian. Now, have you had to do? You talked about. I think was it in Kenosha where you had to bungee or you had to zip line in the the mascot costume? Gotta love Elvis. So, yeah, did you did you ever have to do that, it. Matt? Tommy had to Tommy had to dress up like the mascot and go zip lining. Did you have to do anything crazy like that, or were you a big timer? I fortunately during my time in Kenosha didn't have to do a lot of the big time <laughs> stuff. I think that's attributed to it being quote unquote normal. Uh, when I was there, not during the height of COVID. Uh, So we were on a pretty normal schedule where we were already on the air when Elvis makes his daily journey from the left field foul pole down towards home plate. Oh, okay, because you you were in the booth broadcast. Yeah, we we were already on the air. And I I see all my co-interns and co-workers, they get to go up there and do it. I honestly miss my shot to do it. Um, Tommy, would you would you say Matt's uh, FOMO is well placed, or is he better off having not done it? Uh, no, absolutely not. So thankful you didn't have to do it because there were definitely times where I thought either the head was going to fall off and I was going to look like an idiot, or I was going to fall off and look like an idiot or end up dead. So you, I think you did all right missing out on it, honestly. So they haven't dressed you up like a bee and made you do anything insane. No, so actually, you should know, I, I hooked you up with it. The mascot's a bear out here in Wilmer for the Stingers. Yeah, I, you know what? You sent me that picture, and I was like, well, I'm looking at the, on the website. It's Everything's a bee. Correct, yes. But the the in-game mascot is a bear, and his name is Barry. Uh, so that, that's, wow. that's completely. And I think that the argument they use for it is bears love honey, right? So... <laughs> Right, yeah, that's sure they do. And shout out to the marketing team that came up with that name. And I'm looking now. I now I do see a picture of Barry, and he looks very much like the bear for the um, oh Asheville tourists. If you look up the Asheville oh, tourist okay. bear, it looks a lot like that. But I like that Barry. Yeah, I saw. Thank you. I saw the like I said the picture you sent, and I was like, this doesn't. I figured it was a promotional night, or a bear had wandered into the park and eaten somebody. So what's the biggest challenge, well, other than living with uh, seven other guys in in a baseball frat house, what's been the biggest challenge of your adjustment to Wilmer? Oh, uh, gosh. I mean, pretty much that it is, it, it, the grind itself is, it, it's got pros, it's got cons. There are definitely days when, you just think, wow, I really don't want to go move 20 picnic tables to another place. But, uh, you know, just keeping, keeping focus and keeping the head down, it can, it can be a gift and a curse sometimes. Uh, luckily, actually, uh, about a week ago, I was uh, working a game, and I had called my mom right before and talked to her in a little bit. And she was, she was in the car when I called her. And she told me that she was running to the store, whatnot. And I thought nothing of it. Ended up hanging up. 
later on in the day, they uh, they told me to go check out the beach suite area. And I at first was saying, no, I mean, I'm working. I cannot go there right now. So I waited till all the <laughs> way until after the game. And they said, go to the beach suite area. And I'm thinking, what did I do to mess up the beach suite area? I never thought of anything of it. And uh, my mom had surprised me with my dogs and my sister. She had driven eight hours and totally not told me the whole time. And so that was a really cool moment. I ended up uh, getting a little emotional for that one, but that, that's really oh. been a good motivation after that. Yeah. That's very nice. You have a beach suite at the, uh, at the Bill Tauntaun Stadium? At Wilmer, the Hawaii of Minnesota, man. I, I tell you, it's, yeah, they, they got a couple different suites there. So the beach suite is all beach chairs, if you will, and there's sand and it, only seat up to about 20 people but you can rent it out and sit right on the i think it's the left field side and the fence is like half the height so you don't have to get a fence in your way when you see it and uh, (laughs) there's a couple other suites that they do there too but yeah the beach suite's pretty cool sounds nice uh all right listen Tommy, uh, Tommy Wirtz is here. You know Tommy. He used to, he was here. Now, the rumor is that, uh, when the season's over, you may be coming back to, uh, to us. Is that correct? To the station? That's what, that, that's a rumor. I, I have no confirmed nor denied on it. I, I would love to. That'd be awesome. But well, the boss thinks, you know, gotta, the boss thinks you're coming with, back. Well, I would hope that's the truth then. <laughs> I would love to be back at GKB if he, if he wants me back. Well, now that I've said it, he's kind of in a, you know, now he's in a tough position. Matt, though, yeah, however, has been saying he doesn't right want you yeah. back. Matt doesn't. Yeah, Matt, I can Matt imagine. Doesn't. You know, I love to see I love to see that Matt's not uh, the only reason why these breaks are two to three minutes behind, and it wasn't just my fault then either. So nope. it's not Matt's fault either. It's so. my total disregard for uh, authority. <laughs> We are going to take a break, and when we come back, well, and you also remember we don't have news at eight thirty, and the oh, Tommy has not been completely absent from this show since he's gone up to Minnesota to the backwoods of uh, Bill Taunton Stadium to uh, work for the uh, the Wilmer Stingers. You are on the uh, on every time we do drive through window, and so uh, you, Matt, and I are going to do a little drive through window since you uh, since you have graced us with your presence. We're going to do that after this. It's WTMJ nights. Butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. That was Dunkin pretty donuts, good. You mean? Uh, yes. And I was shocked by the bill. Shout out Culver's. Yeah, Shout I've heard very good things about their fish fried. I'm gonna go to Panera. I'm gonna get a bagel sandwich. Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a western about cattle drives. Uh, because of you guys, I had to analyze the hamburger. <laughs> we eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. Let's visit the WTMJ Night drive-through window one more time with Brian Noonan. And the voice of the man who created that promo, Tommy Wirtz is here. Uh, Matt is here. Tommy is in Wilmer, Minnesota, where he is working for the Wilmar Stingers, part of the Northwoods League. Uh, Matt, also an alumnus of the Northwoods League, having worked for uh, Kenosha and the Kenosha Kingfish. Tommy, this is exciting. Uh, you know, we play that promo every time we do drive through window, which is usually once a week. Uh, and I'm looking at a map of Wilmar, and it looks like First Street South is the hub for all fast food activities 
in Wilmer. Would that be correct? Uh, yes, I am probably about five blocks away, six blocks away. I live on seven and a half street over in Wilmer. So I'm very close to first street. <laughs> seven and a half street. We got tired after seven and a half. We got to seven. We just couldn't make it all the way to eight, so we stopped at seven and a half. Uh, have you? Is there anything? Uh, Anything that has jumped out at you in the Wilmer area as far as uh, local fast food or local cuisine? So it has basically all the same fast foods that you're all accustomed to, a McDonald's, a Taco Bell, Burger King. But they do have a fast food joint here that is all-day breakfast burritos. Gilberto's has a drive-thru and everything. The burritos are... Probably the size of a Qdoba or a Chipotle, and there are about eight bucks, and I feel like it's an absolute steal. It is not a sponsor of the team, so I can't say I fully endorse them by any means, but I have eaten there from time to time, and the food may or may not be very delicious. So if I were to come to Wilmer to vacation, this would be a place you would recommend I go? Gilberto's is definitely the place. Uh, for burritos, I would say, yes. I love a breakfast burrito pretty much more than anything. Uh, here's here's what I'm jealous about. You have a caribou coffee there in Wilmer. We do. I I don't know why when it comes to going out. And, uh, I haven't been to a caribou in years because the ones near me have all they've been gone for a long time. But it's good to see caribou coffee. But it, that's where they came up in Minnesota. So good for you. Um, I believe there's one on uh, 27th in Oklahoma in Milwaukee, uh, Caribou oh. Coffee, by the hospital over there. Yeah. I love Caribou Coffee. Uh, your breakfast burrito man, Matt? I'm not a huge breakfast burrito fan. I love. I heard Qdoba. Qdoba is a staple amongst Northwoods League personnel. Really? Whenever you get... Because there's one in almost every single city. And it's just one of those places. It's like the YMCA. Where on your itinerary, <laughs> it shows where the YMCA is so the players can work out and a list of fast food joints in or around the hotel. Like, that's the number two thing, other than the ballpark, really? that you figure out. Holy cow. Uh, All right. I like, I... Matt, the, one, the one I like, Matt, is where, where's, the, where's the train or where's the railroad in the Northwoods League City, too, because every place has a train. Simmons Field has the big one in the back. Wilmer's got one. I know there's some in all over the place, so you always find the train too. Is that is that how people get to? Is that how team or um, players get to their part to their towns by train? Is that why they ask? If they're good at jumping off no, at forty just, mials an hour, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just always flying by. They're just always in the oh, train. Okay. All right, yeah, that makes more sense. But going by the outfield. Uh, all right. Well, since it is a drive-through window, and you mentioned Qdoba, and uh, Tommy, you said there is a Taco Bell in Wilmar. The Beefy Crunch Burrito is returning uh, after winning the fan vote. I've never had a Beefy Crunch Burrito uh, because I think I've mentioned this before. I'm not a huge Taco Bell guy, but um, they pitted the Beefy Crunch Burrito against the Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Tacos, and the Beefy Crunch Burrito won with 60% of the vote. Seasoned beef and rice, nacho cheese, reduced fat, sour cream, and Fritos Flamin' Hot flavored corn chips. Uh, hasn't been available since 2018, but it's back. 
and it's going uh regular people have to wait till august 3rd but if you are a taco bell rewards member one uh, i question your life choices but two you can start ordering on august 1st through the app tommy do you have now that you're up there do you have the app uh, no, I've, I don't think I've ever gotten a fast food app. Oh, you know what? That's a lie. Chipotle, I had an app for when it was right next to my last job as well that I was working when I was back home. But other than that, I've never gotten an app for a fast food restaurant. I feel like that's when you've had too much fast food. Well, I will, I will agree, but I will also disagree because at school – we would do Friday lunch, and we would order, a lot of times we'd order from Jimmy John's. And to make sure that it was at school early, we'd order through the app. And it made, it was incredible. Plus, I earned a free, uh, a free sub just because my order, and it wasn't that I was eating it, but I was ordering like five sandwiches at a time for these orders. So all of a sudden, I was like, hey, you get a reward. So you have, uh, you know. So you can get a free sandwich. I got a free sandwich, and then I got a free brownie. So yeah, so I have a I have a sub story as well for you because I came prepared for please. the drive through window. If you want to segue to that, uh, have you it. seen that Subway is committing uh, uh, is giving you a chance to win free subs for life? Have you seen this story, Brian? I did. That was actually the the second story that I had. Great minds. Oh, really? Uh, Yes. Explain. Uh, yeah. Explain how we can explain because Matt is all, Matt is always looking for something to eat. Uh, he's wandering around out there, so he needs uh, he needs to know how he can get subs for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you got to do, Matt, is go to subwaynamechange.com and no, it's not the popular sub restaurant that's changing their name. Uh, they are looking to reward its biggest fan with free subs for life if they legally change their first <laughs> name to Subway. Yes, so if you change your name to Subway, it's going to be open to residents of all 50 states, 18 or older, except for Alabama, Nebraska, and Mississippi, where you got to be 19 to 21 or older. So definitely just got to be... Oh, in, I thought it was because they couldn't there. read the rules. <laughs> well, they... They they were also in consideration as to how do you spell subway if it's one word or two <laughs> for sure. But we ain't gonna you, ride one of them woke know, liberal if, trains underground. If I don't know if subway would be the first name I would think of to change my name to to win free fast food for life. Is there any fast food restaurant that you would consider changing your name to? If it meant you got free fast food for life there? Burger King. Just because I, th you know, it's royalty. Mm, okay. Yeah, the Whopper's pretty good, too. The Qdoba's Whopper's a good a sandwich. Answer. Matt, yeah, would you change your name to Qdoba? That would not be a bad first name. To get free well, Qdoba for life? Chipotle? Like, yeah, for life? Because then you just food. go by, you know... C Matthew, uh, you know, you throw the initial in there. Exactly, but you got to think about. There's oh, got to be some chain out there where it would actually make sense. I'm having trouble thinking well, of it. Wendy, Hardee's, Wendy, right? Wendy, I mean, yeah, Wendy. Wendy or Sonic, Sonic. I would like to be Sonic. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Quiznos. 
if I was Herbert living somewhere else. Herbert, but you got to be both of them. <laughs> Five guys. <laughs> no, but the, here's the thing, though, Tommy. You left this out. You don't have to change your name first. You only have to change your name once you are selected. Then Correct. you go and get yeah. your name legally that be, changed. That would be a tough draw if you had to change your name and then they only picked one of you and you were right exactly the name then somewhere. nobody gets it yeah. but i could see being s brian noonan you know because <laughs> my mom never uses her legal first has never used her legal first name her entire life so a lot of people have legal first names they don't use i dated a girl who never used her first name she used her middle name but yeah, just, I, would, uh, I don't know if I can get to it. I don't know if Subway would make me do it. No, I was just going to say, Subway's not the chain that I would do it for. Now, if it was Jersey Mike, I'd, <laughs> I'd change my name to Jersey Mike. Because one, it's a cool nickname. And two, they got superior sandwiches. So, well, you know. I would just have to be on Wisconsin brand and go cousin. And I'd just be called cousin to everyone. I mean, because, uh, for short, that already works. Okay. I mean, yeah, Cousins, definitely the superior sub-brand. I would do it for Rocky Rococo, too, if I only now had that's to a name. be Rocky. That's a good name, right? Yeah, and and pretty bad. good pizza. It's not bad. Fazoli's? Yeah, I, I guess. Fazoli. I would like to be Fazoli. Hey, how you doing? My name's Fazoli. Really? You look very Irish. No, trust me, my name's Fazoli. Culver, uh, yeah, Culver uh, is not a good first name. What uh, what was the name? Uh, was it Mike in Seattle that we had call in? Was it, I was listening back to that episode, and uh, or rather to the last episode we did before I left, and I heard yes. the clip. I totally forgot about the intro. Was it Mike in Seattle? It was Mike. He went, uh, yeah, he went and tried out that new McDo the new Big Mac quarter pounder for us, or the new Big Mac, which. When they had all yeah, the uh, when all the press was about their one, buns, the, yeah, I, the yes, right, the hot buns. I remember that. Yes, <laughs> uh, I just haven't had very a, excited. I haven't had a new one yet. Has, have you tried a new one yet to see if they've been different? Has it supposed to reach the Midwest by now? Yeah, I had a Big Mac uh, last month for oh because it was Grimace birthday month. You weren't here, did you go? Did you get? Did you go all in on the Grimace birthday meal? I, I honestly, I don't think it was offered at this McDonald's because you have oh. no idea how many times I tried. To you get got ripped off. And I never could. Never could. I was there the day they started it, and I had the grimmest birthday meal, and I, uh, I upgraded to a large shake, which may have been a, a mistake. But, uh, yes, so the bun, you know, tasted like a Big Mac. Well, the bun was a little softer. That was all. Still tasted like a Big okay. Mac, which yeah. is not a bad thing. You know, I dig a nice As long big as mat. they don't change something that's broken. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, listen, Tommy, when does the season in the Northwoods League end? So hopefully that would be August 20th. That would be the championship game. Uh, that would be crowning that. The playoffs will start on the 14th of August. Right now, Wilmer is the number one team of all 24 teams in the Northwoods League right now. They are. 39 and 14 going into wow. a game against the St. Cloud Rocks, who are also a very good team, and they were up 7 to nothing here, but as I have the game on in the background and watching it a little bit, too, they did give up the lead already, and it's 8-7. to seven. These are two teams that 
compete against each other quite a bit. And it's now 11 to 7 as I refresh. So it's just been bad news here in this one. But oh, both man. really good teams. And uh, I'm I'm not so worried about it by the end of it. They have a pretty big lead on them right now. They get to play them a few more times. Uh, I'm pretty confident those two teams will be playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. All right, Matt. Would you do you have any advice as a as a veteran of the Northwoods leagues yourself? Would you have any advice for uh, Tommy as he's uh, finishing his first season interning for the uh, Wilmer Stingers? My biggest piece of advice is enjoy the ride. Treat every half inning. Uh, like it's its own game, uh, and enjoy it. Enjoy being around the people, um, and also since you already have a playoff berth, that is a wild ride within itself. I wasn't so fortunate, didn't get any playoff experience, but to have that best of three series, and then if things work out, a one game Great Plains final, and then the one game Northwoods League Championship game, it's honestly the best experience. My other piece of advice. Get ready to have a name tag after August 1st because that's when all the new players come in. It might not be for Wilmer because they already have a playoff spot, but for some of the opponents that come to town. Ah, very good. Good advice. And, Tommy, listen, if uh, if Barry ever goes down and they need a fill-in, I'm looking at the costume, uh, you know, I think I'd make a good Barry for one day. Yeah, well, why don't you do it tomorrow when it's going to be 105 degrees over here? That oh, might. Be I have to be on the air here, hand. buddy. I, you know, I would, but I got. Oh, you know, that's right. I got to be. I got a show. I can't uh, just go. Barry appearance up to on TMJ nights tomorrow. Well, yeah, Barry. Barry the Bear is doing WTMJ nights. <laughs> the boss doesn't know. Yeah, I had to call power. off, and we we did. I found my own fill in this time. <laughs> well, more power to those. Four 15- and 16-year-olds we hired of going to that suit right there oh. in days like today. Cause how not, how not a awful must that side. suit smell when they are done? I don't even want to know. I, I can imagine no. it's pretty bad and pretty moist in there. Yeah, I can't imagine how much weight they lose. Because I remember you know, just hearing stories about catchers, how much weight they would lose on days like this just because of that equipment. And that's nothing compared to... Uh, the Barry the Bear suit. Well, listen, Tommy, it was great having you on. Continued success uh, during the summer. Have a wonderful time in Wilmer. And uh, people will keep hearing your voice on the drive through window. And then, uh, hopefully, as the summer winds down, you will wind back up here uh, somewhere on WTMJ. That's the plan. That's the goal, Brian. Good talking to you, Matt. Good to meet you and talk to you as well. Have a great rest of your night. You too, Tommy. Take care, buddy. Thanks a lot. Let's do this. It's WTMJ Nights. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. Brian Newton, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Um, where's uh, Where's the Kenosha Kingfish ballpark, Matt, since you worked there for a couple years? Is it close to the interstate? Because I've, I've been in Kenosha, and I don't remember seeing the ballpark. It's on Sheridan Road, just north of 85th, in between 85th and uh, a number in the 70s. I don't quite remember, oh, but it's okay. Way, okay. way east, about five or so minutes from downtown. So Okay, that makes sense. Very nice. It's, I, I love going to minor league games and... Uh, my old neighbor, his son used to play. I don't know if he played for in the Northwoods League, but he was a really good 
college player, and they thought maybe, yeah, but he played in a couple of those leagues. He actually, I think he went out east, too. Um, you always thought, we went to, we went to a major league game last night and had some snacks, and I'm, I saw this story about a snack that, uh, as much as I'm adventurous, this sounds like the most horrible thing ever. Uh, National Mustard Day is August 5th, and so Skittles has decided that they are going to do a mustard-flavored Skittle. Uh, I'll give you a minute to finish gagging. The press release describes it as having a tangy mustard flavor combined with the iconic chewy texture of a Skittle and then yellow coloring. There is nothing that sounds more disgusting than that. Now, thankfully, it's not going to be everywhere. It's uh, They're only sending it to three cities. And it must be the three cities that Mars Candy hates the most because that's who makes Skittles. Um, they are going to send it... They are going to send it to uh, hold on Washington, Atlanta, and New York. But don't worry, if this sounds like something that you want to try, you can enter an online sweepstakes for a chance to win a package of mustard-flavored Skittles. And uh, then we will just say, may God have mercy on your soul. So they've done stunts before. A lot of candies do stunts. But, uh, yeah, this one was just uh, the grossest. So, thankfully, it won't be coming to Milwaukee, so we won't have to worry about it, unlike uh, a lot of, you know, the crazy chip flavors and all of that. But, listen, we had some uh, sad news in the music world today. We'll talk about that and more as we start heading toward the finish line on WTMJ Nights. WTMJ Nights. goodness that is Sinead O'Connor in case you haven't heard Sinead O'Connor died today 56 years old Um, still waiting to see the cause of death Uh, if you've been following Sinead in the years since that hit came out which that came off her second album in 1990 called I do not want what I haven't got that was a, a Prince song, and she covered it, and that was number one. That was the number one song. And most of us who were old enough to remember that, you know, it's a close-up of her, or the shaved head, uh, just her face, and very powerful song, very powerful performance. And that was that was almost like the beginning of the end. You know, she she puts out she puts out her first album in uh 1987 gets good reviews doesn't have really big hits but then she puts out the second album nothing compares to you is on that boom it explodes it's 1990 say hey uh you want to come and uh want to come and host saturday night live no she says she she decides to walk off because andrew dice clay is guest hosting and she said that Andrew Dice Clay's comedy was offensive and misogynistic, and so she would not be on that episode of Saturday Night Live. And it got a lot. Oh man, that got a lot of big, um, a lot of press, a lot of people talking about that. So she doesn't do that. That was that was obviously in 1990. You know, biggest hit. They bring on the biggest musical guest. So that same year, then Frank Sinatra during a concert. Said he wanted to uh, kick her, kick her butt because 
of her stated policy that she did not allow the national anthem to be played at her shows. And if you remember then Phil Hartman, who used to play Frank Sinatra on Saturday Night Live, he uh, he started making fun of her as Frank Sinatra, and it was hilarious, but it it was not great. But then two years later, she comes back to Saturday Night Live, and everybody remembers what she did, right? If you were around. She ripped up a pic- picture of the Pope uh, and then said, fight the real enemy. And that was it. And that kind of, that kind of really was a turning point in her career, and it really kind of hurt her career. She made music after that, but she never really got the success that she had in 1990. In 1999, she was ordained a priest of a Catholic group, the the Latin Trinitine Church. Um, Then she came out that uh, she came out in 2000 and said she was gay. But then a few years later, she said she's three quarters or heterosexual. So she did talk about having a really hard life as a child. She talked about her uh, mental condition, uh, mental issues and uh, addiction problems. And, uh, you know, she sent out pleas on Twitter. Uh, one in particular in 2012, doesn't, um, does anyone know a psychiatrist in or around Dublin who could see me today urgently? And, um, you know, she just had, she had a really rough, a really rough time. Then she got in a beef with Miley Cyrus on Twitter. And, um, you know, twice the authorities were asked to find her because nobody knew where she was. Uh, her family issued this statement. It is with great sadness that we announced the passing of, of our beloved Sinead. Her family and friends are devastated and have requested privacy at this very difficult time. And it's a shame that um, somebody who obviously had talent um, also was suffering from all these other problems and then is going to be remembered for tearing up the picture of the Pope and not wanting to be on TV with Andrew Dice Clay. But uh, So, yeah. Sinead O'Connor, dead at 56, and that was confirmed earlier today by Irish media and uh, her family. So that is uh, that is. You're too young, aren't you, Matt, to remember Sinead O'Connor? Did you did you know that song? Nothing compares to you. I've heard of it. I wasn't too familiar with her her work. Yeah, it's it's a shame because she did uh, she drifted away. All right, let's do this, and then we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. On WTMJ Nights. Back to WTMJ Nights. WTMJ, W277CV. We've got about a minute left here on WTMJ Nights. We'll be back again tomorrow night where we'll be uh, going for another segment of At the Breweries with uh, Third Space Brewing. We'll be uh, talking about a big upcoming festival and a whole lot more. That's tomorrow night when we are back at 6 o'clock. I don't know if you're a fisherman. A lot of people love to fish. I've I've fished in the past, but I am no way a fisherman. But I know uh, this would shock me. An 11-year-old boy in Oklahoma was fishing in a pond behind his house and he caught a fish, and he started screaming for his mom to run down. She thought he was bu- just being dramatic, but no, he caught a fish that had human teeth. It's called a paku. Maybe you've seen one or seen a picture. Google it. It's crazy. Uh, it's a relative of the piranha, but its teeth look just like yours and mine. 
if you have, you know, regular teeth. Uh, he said that the fish put up a heck of a fight. Uh, he reeled it in on his own. He was the only one down there fishing. He did a great job. Um, it's uh, The outsized teeth have long struck fear into swimmers. The Paku is a native of South America, but this one was swimming in a small town in a suburb north of Oklahoma City, and uh, he caught it. They say a pet owner probably released it into the... Uh, into the pond, and that's why it was there. All right, that is all for tonight. Dave Ramsey coming up on the other side of the news. Thanks for listening and being part of the program. Matt, thanks for all your help. I'll talk to everybody again tomorrow night right here on WTMJ.